One of my biggest fears is appearing incompetent. I have a visceral reaction even to the thought that someone might say, she doesn't know what she's doing. This fear has held me back. I avoid doing things that I don't think I will be good at. When new opportunities have come up, I haven't always been open to them because I could fail. But today I want to share with you a rare occurrence when I found a way to override this fear and say yes to an opportunity. The opportunity was to join a tennis team when I did not know how to play tennis. It was an adult's recreational league. Winning and losing were not really important. Every week, I would go out there with my team and play against other teams. And every week, I would lose with a score of 0. 0 0-6, week after week. Personally, this was very difficult for me. But more importantly, I was letting my team down. So while I was playing in the league, I started taking tennis lessons, private lessons, group lessons. I would practice with my team. Towards the end of that 12-week season, I won my first singles game. I can still remember that moment on the court when I hit the winning shot. I couldn't believe it. My team couldn't believe it. They actually gave me a standing ovation. And then had I given into my fear of appearing incompetent, and let's be honest, I was incompetent. And had I said no to joining that team, I would have missed out on this very glorious moment. So if you are someone who has said no to opportunities because you were afraid of a public failure, you are not alone. I have been there, and so has our today's guest, Catherine Madden. In this episode, Catherine shares her story of saying no to an opportunity early in her career. This incident still motivates her to more often say yes and has shaped her career. Hi there. You are listening to Unseen Battles, a podcast that brings you behind-the-scenes stories from women leaders. This is your reminder that as you work through your career struggles, you are not alone. I'm your host, Parul Goyal. Every two weeks, I'll bring you raw, honest conversations with a successful leader about a challenge they faced and how it changed them. So, let's get to it. Catherine is a co-founder of UXDX, a global conference and community that has expanded to help tech teams shift from projects to product teams. Prior to UXDX, Catherine spent a decade project managing events. She also has a background in marketing and has worked for a number of years in Australia's marketing body, the ADMA. Personally, Catherine loves challenging and testing her limits, both on a professional and personal level. Catherine, thank you so much for being on the podcast. You and I are going to talk about saying yes to opportunities, even when you have self-doubt. You didn't do that early in your career, but then you learn to do it. You learn to say yes. Can you tell us what happened? Absolutely. So there was a few scenarios that I was thinking through. Um, and, and one that stood out to me was um, a very um, mundane um, uh, approach. Uh, it was an opportunity that quite early on in my career that I was given uh, when working in a, an events company. It was to work alongside the head of sales um, 
he saw something in me. He wanted to to pitch me for for management and growth within the the organization globally, and he wanted to take me under his wing to 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 teach me more on skills that I was lacking in in the sales role. Uh, the company saw that I had a very strong commercial awareness. Um, I was naturally very good at aligning both customer and business objectives for for the benefit of the product. Um, they wanted to to grow that. They also saw that I was very good at naturally selling an idea to both uh, individuals in my work, to the team, and, and they wanted to get off formal training. When they approached that idea of joining the sales floor, an immediate yeah. fear hit me. Um, it was a fear of the reality looking back was it was it was a self-doubt. I couldn't possibly do it. Um Yes, they might think I'm good at sales, but I will be, it's almost like imposter syndrome. I'm going to be caught out by not being actually good at it. And that's going to reflect poorly on me. Rather than taking up the opportunity to learn, I got defensive and yeah. and turned down the opportunity. And the, that opportunity could have shaped, like from, as I look back and, and through the years, sales in any person's role uh, becomes more and more important as you get into a management role. And as I'm now a founder of my own company, sales is absolutely intertwined in everything that we do, uh, whether it be selling an idea to your team or or selling your products uh, to, to an external organization. And so missing out on that opportunity um, was was huge. Um, so I said I said no. Um, I said it. Uh, my my justification to the company was that it wasn't my career path. I felt it as a downgrade uh, to what I wanted to do, which was into project management. The knock on effects of that within that organization were huge because my self doubt reflected on I. I feel the company's self-doubt of, of myself as well. And what were you doing at the time? Uh, what You weren't in a sales role? No, I was not in a sales role. And I should give a, I'll give a backstory on my, on my career. And so I, I was in London at the time. Yeah. I had, uh, I was, I was with my uh, partner, uh, who is now my husband and my co-founder Rory, and uh, we made the move uh, from London to Australia. Uh, uh-huh. In fact, that's another opportunity that I I said yes to, which was uh, I had an opportunity for a, a, a very big promotion with the the company that I was working with. I turned it down to move from London to to Sydney, uh, a move which ended up shaping my entire career. Uh, so I was working, uh, the, the job that I had, I was working for a number of years within uh, a conference organization. So for me, it got um, it got me into a career that allowed me to touch on government, financial services, uh, uh, technology, IT, you name it. I got to actually create brand new events in, in industries that I'd never get nice. the opportunity to. So it was wonderful. Um so I was I was project managing events um, within Got that it. company for a commercial conference organization uh, called called IQPC, and they they have multiple like a traditional organization. They're divided into production, marketing, sales, and operations. So uh, I was sitting on the production side, and. Uh, Often the, the producers would have to cross uh, work within the entire organization to deliver on the project. 
And that's where that opportunity came. Uh, so as I pro- progressed within the company, I had received a lot of opportunities. I got onto global training. Um, but almost as you excel in your career, self-doubt comes in. Mm-hmm. So when you set out in your career, you've you've done your degree, you've got a couple of years experience, you've, you're confident in what you know. And then as you start to increase in your role and in your in, in in your jobs, you realize you know nothing. And <laughs> and then the world becomes a lot more complex. And I feel it's almost year two, year three, self-doubt starts to creep in. Yeah. And and uh, it, it can be crippling for a lot of people for, for a while, it, and particularly if you let it. And uh, so that was really the, the start of my downward path to, to uh-huh. saying no I found after that I was saying no more and more often I um, see. and it was only reevaluating on that moment years later when when I go why didn't I learn how to do sales and then I reflect I had that opportunity I was given that opportunity and I said no to that opportunity did I realize and reflect on a number of moments in my life where there was similar situations, whether it be saying no to to a job or being sidetracked for a job because you would say I'm not good enough. At some point you had this realization and you started saying yes. What was that? What was the turning point for you when when you realized that maybe I should be saying yes more often to these things? It was it was. Immediately after that moment of saying the guilt of saying no to that, uh-huh. knowing it was re- in reality self-doubt, and then later on the knock-on effects the company felt on me. So I noticed within that organization I was being told I was not savvy enough for the job or I didn't have the right sales experience mm. to be in a, in a management position. So it was me saying no to the opportunities and saying, I want to just be this, that it was a self-fulfilling prophecy that other people who were less qualified than me uh, got promoted faster. Uh, so th- there was a knock-on effect to those moments of saying Got no it. to opportunities because your employer and people around you start going, well, they're not serious about what they, they do not want mm. to learn. They're on their own path and they don't know, they do not want to grow. And it's only after years of experience of looking back and the beauty of hindsight that that you realize this. And at the time you'll justify it going, it's the company's fault. It's, it's yeah. the person's fault. And instead of what I should have been doing was reflecting on my own self. Well, what am I doing wrong? Often people I, I feel say, it's not my fault. I haven't had the opportunity. You often in most instances, in particular, I feel technology is so open and open to giving people in in particular females they're open to giving females the opportunity now because it seemed to be good people now need to women in particular now need to go I'll I step up and take that opportunity and I think that's the gap that's missing there yeah there is this fear of looking bad right yes you sometimes to learn you do have to start by looking bad and that can be very it can be crippling like like how will I look what will people think about me that perception and what you're saying is sometimes you don't realize by saying no by not stepping up 
we actually also look bad. That also hurt con- companies and managers' confidence in us. Exactly, and and that's that's the piece that I think that uh, so- somebody listening to this should take away uh, from it is reflect not only what what are your own motivations but what is what is what you're saying saying to the people around you people also pick up cues about your confidence how good you are from what you think about yourself right and if you if your self doubt shows their confidence in you will also weaken exactly and 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 that has it's a it's a self fulfilling prophecy um one of my favorite uh, quotes, it's not my favorite quotes, but a, a quote that stands to mind for this is whether you think you can or whether you think you can't, you're right. And that's Henry Ford. And it is, it's about the, it emphasizes how much attitude determines the success or failure. And I think many people and in particular women need to say yes to, to uh, yes, we can. And yes, we will uh, more. So Catherine, this happened, you know, you you turned down the opportunity, you kind you felt the follow on effects, you realized that maybe you should have you should have said yes. Then the next time a similar opportunity came up where your self-doubt uh, resurfaced, how like what was your process to override them and say yes? Ref- reflecting back, one of the key benefits that I've had over my career um, in saying yes is looking at my my partner Rory um, mm. we've been together since college so over 17 years mm-hmm. <laughs> don't calculate the age there um, <laughs> but I've seen how he approaches his career and how I've approached my career and we would be both equally qualified in our fields and yet uh, when the opportunity arises for Rory to take on something that he doesn't uh, know how to do, his his approach would be, I I know the process of of how to go about figuring it out, yeah, and and I will I know I'm qualified enough to learn it as qualified as anyone else, and I think it's surrounding yourself with other people of that same mindset has has helped me learn. Yes, I'm good enough. I'm smart enough to do it and I'm smart enough to figure out how to do it and we have to do that in our daily work as it is we have to figure out fire fire, you know we have to put out fires every single day of the week in our jobs it's no different for a for a whether it's a big opportunity or a small opportunity yeah so surrounding yourself with people who are saying yes and then eventually just developing confidence in yourself that you might not know how to do it today but you will figure it out exactly I think that's the the hardest thing for for people uh is to have that self-reflection my advice would be for somebody in in a similar situation and in, in, instead of immediately saying no or even saying yes to a, a, a proposition ask yourself will I learn something new from saying yes or no to this experience. So not being afraid to, uh, the other thing would be not to be afraid of creating opportunities as well. Uh, some There's been times in my career where 
there hasn't been, I came back to, to Ireland from Australia, which was mm-hmm. a brave move because again, I was at a really great position in my career. I had built up a huge network and now I was moving back from, from Asia Pacific to Europe, which effectively was a new market again. And while I was being turned down for not knowing the market, I went with the approach of creating a job. I literally pitched a job that I knew I could do to a company that I knew I could work for. And and so if there isn't an opportunity there, don't be afraid to create one as well. Catherine, that's a really great point. I want to go back to what we were discussing earlier, that sometimes it's the fear of perception that I will come across as incompetent. People will think, I don't know what I am doing. When new opportunities come your way, where you know that you you know initially it's going to be hard, how do you overcome that? How do you what do you tell yourself? I tell I tell myself when when looking at opportunities, how how will I approach this, and what is the value that I'm going to get out of this? Uh, is it is it going to help me grow as an individual, and can I contribute positively to this? If if it's going to have a negative impact in in all scenarios. Then there are some times where you should say say no, but it's it's about going back and reflecting. What can I learn from this, and what can I mapping out? What can I bring to the table? How would I approach this if I was to say yes? Always maybe go hypothetically if, and then the when and how will come into place. Nice. So you shift the focus from not what I don't know, but what I will learn in this process. Right, so you kind of, if you when you shift that spotlight on that, then then obviously it becomes a more appealing opportunity. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Nice. So, uh, Catherine, I do. You mentioned UXDX, and that's a conference I attended and spoke at last year, and I absolutely loved the energy there. In fact, I was supposed to come to Dublin for the conference, which I was super excited about. It, we it were too. Really- <laughs> So hopefully in future, but you are a co-founder of the conference with with your husband, Rory. Tell us how you came to establish that forum. Um, When we moved from, it's been a few years in in the the making. Rory always knew that he wanted to be in that startup environment and create, Mm -hmm. he's an entrepreneur at heart. I'm almost the anti-entrepreneur. I, I, as, as, we, as this conversation starts, I'm very risk averse, uh, uh-huh. which, uh, which I, I think often people are. So how does a risk averse person go in and give up their job, give up their career, being a female and uh-huh. take a cut in every scenario and start from scratch Basically, starting a company and, and founding an organization like UXDX is becoming a novice in, in every situation. I've become a novice UX researcher. I've become mm-hmm. a novice salesperson. I've become a novice marketer. And you have to learn every facet of the business. And, and coming to the position of being confident enough to say, yes, I'm going to do this, is a conversation all in itself. Um, but from, from our perspective in UXDX, uh, working at a, a number of startups together, Rory's worked on his own projects. I was marketing, I was consulting and marketing to a number of startups. So that's where my passion for technology and my passion for helping out startups be successful came about. Uh, and, and where 
where the 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 gap of the user um, came about in that a lot of startups create these great features and have these great ideas, but they don't relate it back to the user and they don't relate it back to what's the outcome I'm trying to achieve and what am I what am I trying to do for this person? And therefore, the disconnect means that it's the scenario of 90% of startups fail. Yeah. When we when we created UXDX, it was to try and go, well, what, how does those 10% be successful? And that oftentimes comes down to knowing your customer better. So that coupled with that, Rory's worked for a lot of IT agile transformations. He's very much coming from that tech side with me coming from the event side and project management, I was specializing in launch events in new industries. So I, I would know how to research industries and develop them. So we came together and we said, let's put our two loves together and, and build 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 an event and, and figure this out. And that's how UXDX came about. And that's how it's evolved over the last few years. So it's been a wonderful journey genuinely eye-opening from the amount of people like you I just get to talk to in San Francisco and meet and then we're connecting here today it's it's fantastic and I wouldn't have it any other way now actually I understand why it's so case study focused uh, the conference now you know now that you've mentioned why you created it the the content also in context like makes a lot of sense and I'm guessing uh, Catherine, once you became an entrepreneur, you had you had to say yes to all of these different things you mentioned, like how to do sales, how to do UX research, uh, because you didn't really have an opportunity to, you didn't really have a choice uh, to say no. So I'm guessing that also helped over time to say, well, yeah, once you say yes, things do work out in most cases. Exactly. Uh, they, they do work out. and And people have to realize as well, most people out there are wishing for your success. They're yeah. not sitting there wishing for your failure. Like when when we launched our first event, you know, you get up on stage to introduce the concept of UXDX. Yeah. Everyone in that audience wants you, they're want, they want to have a good experience. They want yeah. it to be valuable for them and they therefore want you to do well. And, and I think people need to understand that a little bit more that, often people aren't negative always flip it that somebody has good intentions and I think in this era in particular there's a lot of negativity around yeah. flip it that people have good intentions and are, are for the most part 99% of the people out there are, are are good they're rooting for you to succeed so some of this that you will be judged is in your head exactly uh, right yeah. most people and will I give you a second chance they will give you feedback Exactly. And I'm sure you, you might have felt it as well. It is yeah. that fear of being judged. You're, you're putting yourself on the line and yeah. whether it be you're creating your own business or you're, you're going for a new job, whatever it might be, or, or pitching a new idea, you're putting yeah. yourself on, on the line and you just have to, to, to be positive about that. Yeah. So know that people are rooting for you. Shift the focus on what I will learn from this experience rather than, you know, what I don't know. And that makes saying yes uh, a lot easier. Exactly. Exactly. And I'm sure you've you've had experiences no different over over your career. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, when you were talking about you and, and Rory, uh, 
So uh, I and my husband, we were participating in this Toastmasters contest. And I had done it before. I have ha- had had success before. And this was his first time. But what you said, right, the confidence level was so different. I was like, oh, if I come second at this level, I'll be happy because last time I came third. And he was like, no, I'm going to win this thing. Then I'm going to go to the next level. Then I'm going to win, win that thing. And the, the, the confidence gap was huge. And this is knowing that I am between the two of us. I, I don't know if I will keep this in the podcast. I am the better speaker. <laughs> but, like that really inspired me. I was like, wow, look at his confidence. That's what I am lacking. So maybe I should really strive to, to come first and not settle for second. I, I can completely relate to that. And that was probably one of the, the first things I fell in love with with Rory about was his, what I thought at the time was arrogance, was just natural confidence. Um, yeah. yeah. So, uh, and, and it's something that I, I guess that you lack in yourself that you see in someone else and you admire uh, because it's something that you strive to be. And um, I think there's a lot to be said for that. And actually, that's the third thing that that is worth mentioning with surrounding yourself with people who do that, who have either learned to do that, who do that naturally, because then you will also learn, you will also be inspired by them. Yeah, that that's important. That has that has also helped me say yes to more opportunity. Yeah, I'd like to meet, meet your husband. He sounds interesting. <laughs> <laughs> well, Catherine, thank you so much for being on the podcast and for sharing your unseen battle. Thank you. It was a pleasure. If you liked the episode, please leave a review and help others discover it.